real. If you say his name, or even think it, he'll come for you. Don't say it, don't think it. What happened? You're gonna tell me you know that? Please don't make me say it. Don't say it, don't think it. If I tell you about him, you and your kids, you're all dead. Well, house off campus with John Henry and a living girlfriend. Should we do it? <laughs> yeah. You ready for this? something happening he's found us who thank you don't say it bye bye man and the more you think about him the closer he gets he's trying to get inside us jesus he makes us see things like a virus. Don't say it, don't think it. It could spread everywhere. I'm not gonna let it happen. Please! Don't say it, don't think it! We have to help them! No, no, it's a trick! Welcome to They Call This Movie, testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and other podcast services by searching They Call This Movie. We are part of the Main Damie Network, and to find more from us, check out the website at themaindamie.com or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at themaindamie. We are also now a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation, and you can find them at gbnation.com. Welcome back to They Call This Movie. This is Anthony Del Vecchio, and with me as always is Dan Aquino and Mark Myers. Say hello, gentlemen. How's it going, guys? Hello, guys. I think my uh, quarantine beard might finally be too long because I was eating sushi today for dinner, and then I went in the uh, bathroom to take my contacts out, and there were two pieces of rice in my beard. So saving I, it for later. <laughs> yep. I no, I didn't. I didn't pick it up and eat it. First time, I was like, I didn't even know they didn't make it in my mouth. This is <laughs> awesome. <laughs> uh, you do have a pretty epic quarantine beard going. Yeah. I saw it last night on the stream. Yeah. It's pretty good. That was the first time where I randomly found pieces of food in it. And I'm like, oh, that joke is kind of true. That they say you found long beards. But before that happened, what what's what's going to get you to shave this beard? Um, I'm going to trim it right before hockey starts. Start. So the opposite. The yeah, and then it's going to grow. Yeah, and then the beard's going to not get shaved again until the flyers are done. Oh, wow. So, so like now. another day. <laughs> Two weeks. So when does hockey start? August 2nd? You gotta Something shave like it before that. then, man. 
Yep. Uh, you still got it. Time. <laughs> still have time. You don't control my facial hair, Dan. I August first, he's gonna shave it. Yep. Okay. <laughs> yeah. August first, eleven fifty-nine p.m. <laughs> <laughs> Trimmer down at eleven fifty-nine. <laughs> time. So everybody, we usually do at this point is that we talk about the movies that we watched besides the movie that we're gonna cover, but we all talked off podcast and. Unless unless someone's hiding something, no. which technically I am, but you know we'll find out about that later. We didn't watch anything really. I finished no. with my wife the entire season of Hey Arnold, the series of Hey Arnold during quarantine, but that's not really much to talk about. If there's nothing else, we'll just get right into it. And this week it was Dan's choice. So Dan, do you want to introduce another movie that you've made us watch? Made you? Wow. Yep. Oh. I don't want to say made. I just I nudged you in that direction, and you guys, <laughs> being such good friends, decided that you wanted to fulfill my wish. Uh, I figured we hadn't watched a, a horror movie in quite a while. We've been kind of sticking to comedy and just like kind of really off the wall types of movies. So I, I figured go for a horror movie, and I saw that the Bye Bye Man was on Netflix, and I figured you know what? I've heard this is pretty bad. Let's give it a go. And as I usually am, I was right. Congrats, and uh, yeah, this was <laughs> yeah. so. This was not a movie that you accidentally saw in a January of January's past. I've never seen this movie before. Uh, surprising. Are okay. you sure? Right. Uh, we I, had I, this conversation earlier today. About well, movie. You listen. The last the last <laughs> movie we talked about was over a year ago. So <laughs> I, I can't remember what I did like a week ago. So yeah, no, I've never seen this movie. Um, it didn't look interesting to me. It just, it looked like it would be on brand for us. And I think mm-hmm. it was, I think yeah. it was. Okay. Yeah. So yes, the movie is the Bye Bye Man from 2017 directed by Stacy title. And the only other movie directed that of any interest is Snoop Dogg's Hood of Horror, which actually in a previous podcast we covered yep. or the Wayback machine, probably like six years ago at this point. Yeah, it was one of the uh, first ones. Yeah. Okay. It was the that... old version of They Call This a Movie. And this was written by Jonathan Penner, who is an actor, but he's also a former Survivor castaway. This oh. is uh, based on the short story The Bridge to Body Island by Robert Damon Schneck. It stars Douglas Smith, Lucian Labiscount, Krishita Bonus. What <laughs> these fucking names? Doug Jones. <laughs> That's why you guys aren't stars. <laughs> Doug Jones, Faye Dunaway. Carrie Ann Moss, Cleo King, Michael Trucco, yeah, Jenna right. Cannell, and director of Upgrade and the Invisible Man, Lee Wennell, stars uh, has a small bit role in this. IMDb score of 4.2 and a Rotten Tomato score of 18%. Yeah. I think my favorite thing I saw was scrolling through IMDb was one of them was like a 6 out of 10. And it was like, eh, could be worse. Was was basically the entire review. <laughs> I'm like, that, well, that's, that's about right. A lot of the reviews that I saw were people just saying, I've been saying the Bye Bye Man's name for about two hours now to get him to come and kill me so I don't have to watch this. <laughs> yeah, this says a, this was, had a budget of $7.4 million and made 22.4. It oh. That's just U.S. alone. So it made three times its budget back. So, guys, where are you coming from with the Bye Bye Man? Like I said, I hadn't seen it. And, and again, it didn't even look very interesting to me. But you'd be right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know why I picked this, to be honest. This was just scrolling through and I I saw 
the the reviews and i said oh you know again i feel like this will be on brand so this is a movie i'm coming into with i had no expectations really i had no interest this is one of the first movies i really had no interest in seeing even love on a leash <laughs> knowing how bad that was going to be just from hearing it from you aunt Mm-hmm. I was a little intrigued to see how bad it could be. Sure. This I went in knowing it was going to be bad, and it was just, it was basically just like, oh yeah, this is 100% what it what I expected. So, right. great. So just for the audience to reiterate, this was your choice. This was my choice. Yes. <laughs> a, a movie that you had no interest in watching. No, I mean, listen. Do we we to replay the tape? No, no. I, <laughs> I did it for this podcast. <laughs> gotcha. He did it for the content, Ant. Yeah. Gotcha. Do it for the gram. Okay. What about you, Mark? No idea what this is going into it. Um, so anytime with horror movies, that's going to be, I would say, about 90% of the time when you guys pick a horror movie, unless if it's a classic one. I'm going to be like, I have, I don't know what I'm in for. So some promise in the open, and I was like, all right. And then it just kind of, it was boring. My whole coming to this is like, ah. Oh. Somebody saw something in this script, and I don't know if it was something between the writing or the direction or something went wrong with this. Or it's one of those movies that you always say, Ant, they had some money they had to burn before the end of the fiscal year, and mm-hmm. they just decided to make this movie. So going in, no expectations. Wasn't even scary, just reading the synopsis beforehand. Surely as we go through the, the plot, I'll dig into my thoughts here, but... Yeah, it was just like Dan. No expectations going in, and it somehow um, came in below them. Yeah. I went into this thinking this was going to be like a fun watch. Like, it's going to be so bad, it's like just hilarious. And then I think that's what the kind of where some of the letterbox reviews were coming in with. Like, oh, just kind of hilariously bad. And I was just like, not really. It's generically bad, but it doesn't do anything even like your other generic horror movies because there's a whole bunch that come in every year. Every year there's about another dozen horror movies that are just terrible, but they always make their money back if not exceed their money back like The Boy or whatever, all those kind of shitty movies. And like, as Mark had said, it's not scary and it doesn't even seem like it tries all that often. Like at least with those other movies that you, you sometimes get like that, Oh my God! Another jump scare. Oh, what's this? It's oh, it's a cat coming out of the closet, scaring us again. You know, we didn't see that coming, and over and over again. But this movie, yeah, it's boring as all hell. Yeah. I was gonna say, I think the word that describes this movie perfectly is uninspired. Sure. The, right. Yeah. The the actors don't seem to care to be there. The story is just we want to get through this as quickly as possible. And the scares are pretty much non-existent. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't remember the last time I saw a horror movie that didn't even care to try to hide some of its jump scares. You right. know, going in, like, there's a scene where Elliot is looking through a, a window store, like the glass. Mm-hmm. You just know, like, oh, you know, there's going to be a face in it or something's going to happen in the glass. And yeah, yeah, a face pops up. Oh, great. Awesome. It wanted to be, I feel like it wanted to be the shining so badly with like the, the whole haunted house vibe and it's just man it strikes out on every single at bat it do, it takes the movie that it reminded me of that does this whole lot better is oculus i never okay. i've never seen oculus but i do yes. remember you telling yeah, me I, it was pretty solid 
So Oculus is very, it kind of like play, like each of the, the characters that it plays with their sense of reality and stuff like that. So they're seeing things that aren't there. This movie does that a lot. But again, you mentioned that jump scare, the face in the glass, and there's maybe two other scenes where things like that happen. Yeah. Which is kind of like these movies, these low budget mainstream horror movies that get released in you know january february and sometimes if we're lucky we'll get something in october you can at least count on really cheap jump scares but like a lot of them and this one barely attempts to do it it tries to be a psychological horror movie and it just doesn't work it doesn't work because none of the characters are that interesting yeah yeah (laughs) the idea is that it's trying to work on that creepy making you make the scares up in your own head but the acting isn't good enough the writing to get you in those moods isn't good enough to let your imagination run wild in there. And that's, it went for something that it didn't hit and then it didn't have the jump scares to make up for it and why it just felt very mundane. You could show me a still from this movie and I would have no idea. Nothing, nothing special about it. Yeah. The whole movie is like supposed to be like an urban legend. Like the whole premise of the Bye Bye Man is that to be honest with you, I'm not 100% sure. Basically, there's murders that happened in the 60s that the murderer said it was the bye-bye man that made them do it. And supposedly, whoever hears the name or says the name, the bye-bye man comes to kill. So now he's, like, killing, like, or trying to kill, like, these three college students in present day. It's supposed to be an urban legend movie, but we never learn what the urban legend is or what the motive of the killer is. In terms of the Bye Bye Man, is like, is he harvesting souls? I don't know. Yeah, no idea. Isn't the killing around the people infected by the Bye Bye Man counterproductive for the Bye Bye Man? Isn't it more beneficial to him if more people know his name rather than they die? I said the same thing. <laughs> at, at the very end of the movie, the main character is like threatening to kill himself. I'm like, well, wait a minute. Wouldn't the Bye Bye Man want to stop that at any cost? Because right. if once he's dead. Like everything else is left up to like happenstance. Like, oh, if if you find this item, then you'll know. But I mean, that's a huge risk that Bye Bye Man is taking. What if no yeah. one looks? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. we find out at the end, spoilers, that one of them makes it. So technically, they're not all dead. Right. But here's the question: What does the Bye Bye Man do when he gets? To- is it just that he sticks his demon dog on you and then he eat the demon dog eats you? Yeah, I think that's only when you're dead it eats you. Yeah, what does he do when he gets there? That, that's the main thing missing from the the legend. Right. Yeah. Right. And it's they have all of these. It's almost like signals for the bye bye man. And you would think, like, like in the in the ring, right? You you see the videotape and there's all of these very uh, frightening pictures in the ring, but they all they all mean something mm-hmm. to Samara. They all they all connect to the to the entity in this you have the train you have the coins and the dog barking and you're thinking like oh well you know the scratching so you you think like oh you know maybe this man he was like some type of torturer or he he worked on the on the railroad or something he's a total mystery and Mm -hmm. it doesn't help the movie yeah i have these the five questions who what when where why so, like, here's questions. Who is the bye-bye man? No idea. No idea. What is the purpose of the bye-bye man? <laughs> uh, to mess with your head, I guess? Yeah. 
To make when you is think, the Bye Bye Man? <laughs> his purpose is to make you think your best friend is tagging your girlfriend. Yeah. I, 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 that's it. <laughs> like, I 100% do not know what his purpose on this earth was to do. All the murder that takes place because of the Bye Bye Man is because people don't want people saying the name of the Bye Bye Man. Yeah. But we never understand what what it is, why that's such a bad thing. Yeah, it's essentially like they came up with all the great things about an urban legend, but forgot the most important part of it. Oh, wouldn't it be cool with the cooing noise, and then there's a train sound when he's close, and he looks creepy, like the somebody went like the hand monster from Pan's Labyrinth, and he's got a dog, and you know he fucks with your mind, and you see things, and it makes you kill people that you don't want to kill, all that. All right, awesome, let's make the movie. Then it gets final cut as like. So why does he do all this? <laughs> right, right. We've oh, already begun. Oh shit! <laughs> we've already begun production. It's too late for these questions. It was kind of like in Freddy vs. Jason, where we find out that the parents have like drugged their kids to forget Freddy because if you think of Freddy, it gives him power. Yeah. So you see, that made sense because we already had the mythos of Freddy. Yeah, in Nightmare on Elm Street, you know why Freddy's doing what he's doing, why he is who he is, and all that kind of stuff. Everything that the Bye Bye Man does not lay out. (laughs) Yeah, did the Bye Bye Man live in that town? Is he a demonic spirit, or was he a person? I mean, the first murder was in Iowa, so the demonic spirit is understood. (laughs) (laughs) How did the nightstand get from that house in Madison, Wisconsin, to the house that they rent as college students. It's not the same house. It's in the same state, at least. Um, but it's, not, it's definitely not the same house, though, because the no, house in 1969 no. was a, a split yeah. level. Oh, yeah. that's a good point. Oh, yeah. I, I thought it was the same, same house. house. No. It wasn't. That would make sense. Yeah. You see, that's what I get for thinking that they were competent. Yeah. They, no. The yeah. only way I know I think it's kind of Wisconsin is... There's a poster on the wall that says some city, Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, oh, I just I thought yeah. it was Wisconsin because it was cold. I'm yep. like, oh, that, that seems like it's always a Wisconsin trope, you know? Yeah. It's always cold there. I agree with Mark. I think they had the foundation for a good urban legend, but they just totally whiffed on the major points. <laughs> yeah. Because the thing is, we have that whole exposition scene in the library, but they're not telling us about the bye-bye man at all. Right. They're telling us about the murders that happened in 1969. Yeah. They blow that whole exposition scene on something that doesn't matter. So frustrating. (laughs) You had it in your hands. It was right there, movie. And you just, you you let it go. I found this folklore book. (laughs) Yeah, and it's so weird that they thought it important enough to keep that article around even though everything else about it was destroyed. They would never keep it, right? Yeah. It, it was a college student who wrote for the local paper. You know, it's not the New York Times, man. <laughs> They're not holding on it's, to that. And it's like even the librarian figures out the power, but still doesn't say, hey, why don't we just burn this? <laughs> right, yeah. It's so odd. That whole scene is just to set up the point that there is literally no information about the Bye Bye Man. It's like they, they just wrote themselves out of it. It's like, oh. Yeah, we don't have to explain it. There's no information. Yeah. Now, I wonder if that was the whole point. Like, they just wanted it to be like, some things are just unexplainable. Or, that doesn't come across either. Right. I, <laughs> I don't but I don't know. It's. I'm trying to connect it somehow. I'm trying to give it some I, I semblance think, of, of meaning. I think they attempt to get out of it with the line of, 
if you erase everything, every part of it or something that mentions the past, you erase the past or something. There's some line that the librarian says to him that's sort of like, oh, all the other information that we would normally drop here has been destroyed. So that's why you don't know who he is and where he comes from. Not because we didn't think of it. Yeah. <laughs> like they gave themselves an out. Like, oh, we don't need to really go into this guy's yeah. past if we just say it was erased. Yeah, right. Well, well, don't worry. We got the sequel coming up with Carrie Ann Moss. <laughs> That'll right. get into it. Yeah. It's also just so counterproductive because because there is evidence of lore building they're trying to do with like the with the train. You could mm-hmm. remove all references to the train and just you know, oh, he's just he's basically the boogeyman. Fine, okay. Right. But like, what's the train? Why are there like photographs and all this kind of like personal shit on the train tracks as it's going by in the opening scene? Why are there naked people standing with their backs turned towards the train? Why is there a dog? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what? And they they make sure that you can see the number of the train. Or, yeah. I think it's like four two one four two one. So I figured. You know, like, oh, maybe he was like he oper either he operated a train or operated around the train tracks or he, like his thing was getting people to the train tracks and killing them that way, like luring nope. them or something. I figured it had something to do with a train. <laughs> when John, for when he decides to start looking at his phone in middle of class, he, he sees that video of the bye bye man on a freight uh, like in a freight car. Why? That's right. No idea. Right. We don't know the relationship between the Bye Bye Man and the train because the the house isn't like next to a train track. No, no. The whole point of the train is just it's a signal for him coming. Like, well, that's a dumb signal. I just like there's this train. There's a train going by anywhere at any point he's coming. Like, that's kind of lame. They they, like the scratching was fine. The Hellhound was a good idea if you want to have his like summoning. It's almost like, you know, like the candy man had the bees. So like, oh, you know, the bye-bye man has a demonic dog. All right, that's fine. I'll buy it. It's horror. But and they they don't explain the coins and they show up a bunch of times. Mm -hmm. The the coins are probably the most prevalent totem of the bye-bye man. Right. You see they're the first thing you see or you're introduced to about the bye-bye man. Mm -hmm. Right. In the party, it shows up to the little girl. Yeah. It's man. Now that we're really. Like diving into it, it makes it that much more frustrating. The most frustrating part about the coins, there is not a single insert shot of what those fucking coins look like. <laughs> right, they're just, you, you don't know what's on them nope. or what they say. They yeah, are they're... out of focus 100% of the time. Okay, <laughs> they're probably just half dollars and they right. were called like gold coins is all the, the little girl calls them. Right. It was just a total wasted opportunity. Couple yeah. of JFK half dollars. <laughs> he was the man on the grassy knoll. That's what <laughs> it was. The bye-bye man. <laughs> we solved it. <laughs> We're going to go missing soon now. That The FBI is going to come for us. We've said it so many times, too. The bye-bye man. I haven't heard any trains. And it's inconsistent, too. I mean, obviously, this movie sucks, so obviously it's going to be inconsistent. But mm-hmm. he only kills one person, technically. The bye-bye man. Right? He kills Kim. Yes. The, Everybody else is killed by somebody else's hand. But he lures right. Kim onto the train tracks. Which is what he should have done every time. Right. If everybody died from getting hit by a train, this movie is a hundred times better. If every <laughs> yes. if, if every scene just wound up someone up, oh, another person just got walked right into a train. <laughs> right. Guys, stay away from the train, train murders. Right. <laughs> this one's on? like five miles from a train track. This person got hit by a train. <laughs> this is a 
This is this conductor's third murder. What are you... Well, this train line hasn't run in a hundred years. A <laughs> train hasn't come by here in a hundred years. This is odd. Man, that would have been so much better. Oh. I think we just did the make it better in the first 40 minutes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Instead of the it's, end. It's, it's usually how it happens. Movie. Yeah. Yeah. This is, if this movie was a killer train movie, it'd be so much better. And yeah. he's the conductor of the killer train. And that makes more sense. Yeah. And I guess it, the coins are the fare the to fare. ride the train to hell. Yes. There you go. It's, and it's the thing in the library is a is a news article about a conductor dying, you yep, know, right. on a train track. Yeah. Or like he was killed by some kids on campus or something like that. Yeah. You know, like they, they killed him and his dog. And he and his dog come back to exact revenge on the, the kids of the campus. And no one hundred years ago, this very night. That's yeah. right. And like no one on campus is allowed to talk about it. Yeah. Right. It's like they're, they're trying to hide the past. I mean, come on, guys. It's, it's so <laughs> obvious. I think I, that is that is like one of the prevailing themes with a lot of these movies that we cover, where these movies are trying to do so much when they don't really even need to. It's like we wrote that movie in five minutes, and we just took pieces of plots that we've seen a hundred times before, and this movie would have been a hundred times better if they did exactly that. It's like you don't need to be super original; just copy everybody else. Really? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think it's and and they didn't break any new ground here. No, exactly. You're you're a seven and a half million dollar budgeted movie. You're never. It's you're not gonna blow up. You're not gonna be the next paranormal activity. Just crib yeah. everything else. It was like what an old creative writing teacher uh, taught me in, in college was essentially the art of writing a story has been around for thousands of years. You're not going to invent a new way to tell a story. Right. So, so don't be afraid to take a little piece from here and take a little piece from there. It's like people try to reinvent the wheel and then they just make boring movies. I would have been more impressed with this movie if they had swung for the fences and tried something different and just totally missed. Because then had, at least you're trying. Had the Bye Bye Man morph into a train. Yes. <laughs> right. right. He is the train. Right. <laughs> it's, I don't know, it's, and plus the character, the, the creature design he looked like death from Bill and Ted's bogus journey. Yeah. Yeah. That hundred percent. Um, and maybe I was a little biased by Anthony mentioning it in the chat, but this, this writer definitely, or whoever created the look for him definitely was a fan of Pan's Labyrinth because despite the fact of getting Doug Jones, right. Cause he was right. Yep. We decided he's the, yeah, he was the pale man. Yeah. Everything about the character is pretty similar outside of the, he doesn't have hands, eyes in his hands in this movie. And why does he wear a hoodie, right? I mean, that's just like, it's like a hoodie you can get from a department store. Well, that's so when the kids have an awkwardly placed hoodie in the middle of their bedroom, right. he, can, he can pop up there. Jen pointed that out. Like, all right, the first time you, you hang your robe or your hoodie up, whatever. But when you continue to do it, you're just asking for trouble at that point, yeah. right? Yeah. You, if I saw that happen, if, you know, if I'm in my room, and I wake up suddenly and I think I see a, you know, a humanoid figure and it turns out to be a piece of clothing. Right. I'm not making that same mistake twice. The next yeah. night it's like on the floor or I'm hanging it in the closet where I can't see it. <laughs> yeah. Or like a back of a chair. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's nowhere where I can mistake it for an intruder. Right. Yeah. Uh, speaking of clothing in this movie, I was distracted by all the band T-shirts this kid was wearing. And yeah. then also I just completely dropped it. 
Like, like I, I was waiting for the next one. Because, like, first you got Joy Division. And yeah, the, the Joy Division. And Velvet Underground, I think, was the third one. Uh, there's a... It was Velvet Underground, the one that was Femme. Uh, oh, no, Violent Femmes. It was Violent, Violent Femmes, yeah. Femmes. And that was also a very stopped. important... T- not important. It was a very popular t-shirt, the Joy Division one. Yeah. But at that point, I was just like, all right, when's the next... It was like, when's the next one popping up? And then it never happened again. <laughs> yeah, who, who, who would have been the next band? Who did they... Yeah, Sonic Youth, probably. <laughs> the Sex the Pistols. Hi- the Hives or the Vines. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Vines, yeah, that would have been a good one. Yeah, I and the kids aren't very... They're not interesting characters. You, you don't know anything about Jason. You don't know anything about his girlfriend. Who's his girlfriend? Sasha. Uh, his right. name's Elliot, by the way. <laughs> no, John John is the friend. John yeah. Henry is the friend. Right. Elliot is the main character. It's the main character. And Sasha is Elliot's girlfriend. Yes. But you don't, so, like, outside of knowing John and Elliot are best friends, right? You don't, yeah, you don't really know okay much. with watching John bang his girlfriend. He might be cool with it if they're drunk enough. Yeah. If uh, this movie, if this movie had balls, they in a, they'd be in a poly relationship. Yeah, that would well, be pretty cool. Because they the mention 20, it. That's the 2020 woke version. Of yes. Right, right, right. Yeah. Don't put any labels on us, bro. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah don't be in a, a bisexual thruple. I don't think we'll be seeing a remake of this movie anytime no. soon. No. <laughs> Nor should Unless we. Unless if be. we make it. You and know, it's I, all about trains. <laughs> right. The choo choo man. The choo choo man. Well, I honestly I don't think we could do worse. Why is he called the bye bye man too? That's another thing. <laughs> that's you know, that's ne- right. It's just because it's written on the uh, the nightstand. Yeah. Like you have carte blanche to name it whatever you want. It could be something so cool. Right. The like, choo choo man makes more the sense. Choo choo man. The choo choo <laughs> man is so much better. But yeah. like. There is no re- there's no explanation given for why he's called the Bye Bye Man. It could literally be anything. Right. Like it could be like Joe fucks your mom, you know, for like all. <laughs> yeah, th- this movie starts no, out with that. Yeah, with, the, with the premise of his name, the movie starts out on such a high with that opening, where the, the guy's just going around going, "Who'd you say it to? Did you say it to anybody? Yeah, I told this guy. Oh, sorry. He goes in the back of his truck, gets a shotgun." And I'm like, oh, shit. (laughs) Why doesn't anyone lock their doors in 1969, by the way? Different time. It was Wisconsin, 1969. (laughs) I'm sure they did not actually lock their doors. Even when the guy is carrying a shotgun. I 100% believe that, but they probably didn't even fix fix doors with locks back then. Mom, Uh, shouldn't we lock the door? There's a madman on the loose. No, it's it's a nice neighborhood. (laughs) What if if Hannah comes home for her birthday? I think she she specifically just says, close the door. He's coming. (laughs) You don't lock it. Why would you lock it? What's a lock? This movie was marred by a bunch of things, obviously. But I think the the greatest evil to a horror movie is the PG-13 rating. Mm -hmm. Because you, you can't push the envelope with a horror movie that's pg-13 really no even when you have a man on a murderous rampage and he blows you away with a shotgun you don't see blood you see like a little black stain on the wall and like and i was i'm looking at it like that looks like someone just like spilled some paint you know (laughs) it's or like it's a little bit of mold on the wall there's that's not blood you just got blown away point blank and it's just like a little little smear nothing nothing crazy but yeah yeah, if you're rated R, you can probably stretch it out a little bit where the Bye Bye Man can do... I feel like we should just call him the Choo Choo Man in this podcast, because <laughs> that is just so much better. 
<laughs> I, I finally contributed name. something to this podcast. Uh, Mark, you always <laughs> contribute to this podcast. I like that name, though. That's a, I mean, if, if you can call a, a major villain or a major horror icon the Candyman, like, that's not really scary either, right? right? So why can't you call him the Choo Choo Man? Yeah, <laughs> that's true. If there's, I mean, one, if yeah. there's one thing I'm good at, it's naming things from if you've listened from to D&D. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's such it's so weird. But I think if this movie was competent, I think it would be able to overcome the PG-13 rating. I mean, that's like the least of this thing's problems. Yeah, yeah there's always I'm sure there have been solid horror movies that are PG-13. I I can't yeah. think of any off the top of my head at the moment, but yeah. but like I, you I just see, think it helps. You see John just railing Sasha more. Probably, yeah. There would definitely be a lot of sex. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. John's in great shape, and I think that's what was bothering Elliot the most was yeah. that, like, God, oh, you know, this guy is just—he's oozing machismo here. I don't have what he has. Right. So that would have been in my head, like, man, I, I want to look like John. Sure. But it's—it's it's so weird that they—that they bring up, oh, he's not the jealous type, and then he just immediately just falls. Like, it's so weird to just like, like, have that weird relationship announced in the beginning like the first 10 minutes of this movie of like oh yeah no he's totally not afraid of flirting with my girlfriend right in front of my face (laughs) and i'm okay with it (laughs) and he's and and especially when he's like 10 times better looking than you sure yeah make that a character trait of like oh i'm not jealous but he's like super boring because he's not jealous yeah because he's got no other character traits yeah and he's not very emotive to begin with yeah, it was just a weird because because that became the biggest tension between them was he eventually he just becomes jealous because he's yeah. seeing things. And it's just so yeah. weird to announce, oh, I'm not jealous. But like, oh, no, I totally could get jealous. Yeah. Uh, you guys want to get into the plot? Let's do it. Sure. All right. Dan, what do you got for us this week? All right. So I'm here to tell you about our good friend Tia and her podcast, The Top Ten with Tia. It's a weekly podcast where Tia and her friends get together and they discuss top tens in movies, television, you name it, they have it. Tia's a good friend of the podcast. You could find her at Geek Vibes Nation, along with very uh, along with many other great podcasts. So head on over to there and uh, check it out. All right. Yeah, and we're gonna take a few minutes to listen to some uh, other friends of the podcast. So we will be right back with the plot of the bye-bye man or as we call it the choo-choo man hey this is ken m padawan j coach duffy from the ocho duro parlay hour podcast every week the odph is talking sports movies tv comics and more it's always a parlay of topics on each episode you can find the odph on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, spotify stitcher podbean and wherever you find great podcasts such as the one you're listening to right now don't forget to check out ochoduroparlayhour.com where you can find the links to all of the ODPH social media accounts, links to the bands whose music you hear each week on the show, hashtag 607 podcast info, and parlay points, our companion block section of the show. Thanks for listening to the ODPH. Now get back to your regularly scheduled podcast. Welcome, travelers. Seems like you're looking for a story. Well, I got one for you. It involves adventure, friendship, and all hey, sorts hey, of... Uh, Earl, why don't you tell them about that time I stole that big-ass melon? Yeah... Yeah, I, I was going for more. Or you could tell him about the time I kicked her ass, Earl. I wouldn't ever tell him. Do I need to get time. my ref gear on? Okay, everyone, shut up. Now come with me as I tell you a story from afar. Hey, everybody, my name's David. I'm the DM for From Afar Podcast. A from Afar Podcast is all about four friends separated by distance, brought together by adventure. Hope you all stop by and give us a listen. Thanks. 
And welcome back. And now it's time to get into the plot of the Bye Bye Man. Unfortunately, it's not the version that we just wrote like 10 minutes ago. But anyway, we get an establishing shot of a mid-century split-level home in a suburb. We get a little on-screen text say October 20th, 1969 in Madison, Wisconsin. Fun fact, 10 years to the date of my parents getting married. Oh, nice. 1979. Then the director of The Invisible Man, Lee Wannell, shows up in a pretty slick car and knocks on the door looking for Jane. I, I wonder if there's anybody watching this movie that will see that car or any, we'll say any movie that does it back in time and go, actually, that was a 1971 Firebird. It right. wouldn't have been around in 1969. <laughs> right. I'm sure there are plenty. Yeah. Pushing up their glasses. Mm-hmm. That would be great. I would I would love to see the uh, the bloopers in this movie or the uh, the mistakes that were made. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure we could look it up on IMDb. But instead... Jane answers the door and he asks, and the director of Invisible Man asks if she told anybody about the name he told her about. And she says, yes, she told Rick and he thought it was funny. So Larry, we find out is his name. He goes back to his car and gets the shotgun and blows a hole in the door. And then we get an ominous insert shot of a freight train on the train tracks. And as we mentioned, this proves nothing. Doesn't give us any information. The only great part about that opening is how he casually walks back to the car for the shotgun. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's probably the most effective scene in the yeah. entire movie. And if you told me that they shot the opening and then used that as a way to get funding for a full-length film, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. But probably not. That's what it feels like. It feels like this cold open was built to sell the full-length movie. Yeah, Larry, didn't, they... Larry didn't find it funny. That's yeah. that's the problem. Yeah, Larry doesn't find it funny at all. <laughs> right. Oh, Rick, Rick thought it was hilarious. Yeah. Oh, you're about to find out it's not very funny. <laughs> so Larry then accosts Rick, who was, who was in a wheelchair, which was a, a weird detail that, like, they never drew attention to. Yeah, I didn't know that. I was wondering why he was on the floor to begin with. Yeah. But you see him, you actually, like, after watching it the second time, you see him through the yeah. window when he blows yeah. the shotgun, he blows, off, blows the door off its hinges, basically, and you see him get down on the ground, like, through the window. But he says he told Giselle, so Larry then shoots Rick in the back. Larry then yells out to no one in particular, I'm going to stop you. Then we see him cry over the body of dead Jane and then heads out to the neighbors, chasing Giselle, muttering, don't think it, don't say it. He then follows Giselle into her house and then we stay outside while he goes in and then we hear a gunshot. And then more of that freight train as the credits pop up. We cut to... Present day, we meet three college students excited that they are about to move into a house they are renting. Hey, can, can I just say, my favorite part of this is that the one actor that plays John obviously knows to hit a mark because he just stops and turns to face <laughs> where the camera is. Like, it's not even like a natural movement. It's like they shot it so many times and he missed it most of the time that this was the one time he got it. And they were like, we're using that take. Yeah, he's got a Tommy Wiseau <laughs> syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is he in anything of any interest uh, he's a, he's another brit is he he which john or elliot john john wow much yeah. better at doing the uh english accent english oh my goodness english accent looks like a lot of television. yeah it seems uh, like he was in scream queens scream but, queens uh, and snatch apparently there's a tv series for snatch yeah. i'll take its word for it they go to the house which is a nice albeit a fixer upper house Far too nice for two college students and one of their girlfriends. 
And once again, not the same house where Larry killed people, which would have made a whole lot of sense. Would have just like really been efficient for the storytelling if that was the same house. But it's not. Uh, they explore the house, which is pretty empty, even though the landlord said it was fully furnished. After some talk in the kitchen, our hero, Elliot, who has yet to be named, really, in the film, goes to the basement and finds all the furniture. There's an odd dynamic between all three of them. In a less generic movie, they'd be Polly. We fast forward a bit, and they've fully moved in all the furniture, and Elliot gives his girlfriend, Sasha, who has yet to be named, a card that looks like a ransom note. The only way I found out their names was, thank God, for subtitles. Yeah, but it's like it's not even like she she's never says Elliot until, like, 20 minutes into the movie. Yeah, yeah, it literally just comes up Elliot, and then the Elliot line, says, and I was like, oh, yeah. oh, I guess his name is Elliot. Yeah. <laughs> and then Sasha hears what sounds like the clinking of change coming from somewhere in the attic, which is where the bedroom is, and she thinks it's John playing a trick on her, or not John, uh, Elliot playing a trick on her, and then they go to bed. So one night, Elliot, his roommate, John Henry, and his girlfriend throw a housewarming party, and Elliot's older brother, Virgil, shows up with his wife and kid, and uh, not exactly the proper environment for a little kid to go to a college party. Myrtle yeah. takes Elliot aside and talks to him about stuff. First, he's like, man, you're living it up at college. That's super cool. But then he's like, you should be studying. But then also, <laughs> you should not be settling down. But then also, Sasha might be... Li- <laughs> but then also, Sasha and John might be getting a little too close for comfort. So maybe put the kibosh on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what kind of brother says, go study? That's the worst brother ever. You're... Yeah, after saying, you know, I missed out on doing this stuff. Yeah. But you should be studying. <laughs> right. I, I missed guess out he... on this stuff by studying. Yeah. I guess his point was because, like, you see his truck, it's like a, a handyman, electrical, uh, you know, it's, he went to trade school or whatever. So I guess his point was don't, don't blow your chance of, you know, getting an education and making yeah. something of yourself because I'm just a lowly handyman, which... To be honest with you, in this economic climate, Isn't not the worst thing. Yeah. And also, <laughs> go to what, trade school, kids. What college student says he wants to settle down and have what you know, have a family? I've yeah. never heard a college student say that. Dorks, that's who. <laughs> He's a total every, nerd. Every college student that's played by a late twenties actor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not a guy that's rocking a Dead Kennedys T-shirt. I can tell nope. you that. <laughs> nope. It's time to settle down. Put some roots in. <laughs> with my I mean, girlfriend was... and my bus my best bud yeah if if that house didn't have a nightstand that was that would have been a really nice house i'm sure they're getting like cheap dirt cheap rent too yeah, yeah how are they paying for it yeah i don't know maybe he got a nice settlement from his parents death oh uh elliot yeah I, yeah to be honest yeah that's probably brother's helping him. yeah yeah i mean in in jersey that's like a four hundred fifty thousand dollar house Oh, yeah, at least. (laughs) I didn't count the bedrooms, but I'm pretty sure. (laughs) Yeah, so later, when everyone is getting drunk, Virgil's daughter wanders upstairs. And by the way, this is the moment where I realize I'm getting old. The immediate thought that popped in my mind, and I almost said aloud, was, why isn't anybody watching the kid? (laughs) Well, why is the kid even there? They couldn't get a sitter? (laughs) There's not even a line that says, oh, I'm sorry we brought her. We couldn't find a sitter. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, like, like, I'm like, okay, they couldn't do that. But I'm like, why isn't she with her mother? Like, you know, we have established her mother's there. She's a we, ghost after we don't she comes see her in, again. though. That's true. Like, we never see the mom again after she walks in the house. Yeah. She disappears. The, it's the so weird. The mom is the bye-bye man. Right. <laughs> Literally. 
Yeah, maybe like they couldn't pay her for a second day. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Sorry, we got to pay Carrie Ann Moss yeah. two thirds of our budget. Right. Yeah, they they got the call that Carrie Ann was gonna sign on for it like that day after her first day on set. She's like, oh, sorry. Hey, right, you it. right out because she she doesn't come back in at the nope. end of the movie either. No. Yeah, the, the she probably came on to uh, set the next day. Like, all right, you know, where's my scene? Oh, we had to ax you. You didn't hear. Sorry about that. Thanks anyway. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she lifts right out. He, oh, yeah. Virgil could have just easily been a single dad, yeah. but then I guess. Yeah. He doesn't get the whole "I want what you have" kind of bullshit. I want to be a single dad. Dad. <laughs> <laughs> I won't. Like at the same, like Virgil's answer to that should have been like, "Well, I'm 40, right? You know, <laughs> you have you have time to have what I have, <laughs> yeah. right, man? Yeah, we're we're not we're not our parents where we marry at 20 and yeah. we have our first kid at 21. You know, you can you're allowed to live your life a little bit, my man. <laughs> go see, like, yeah, go see the. Uh, Go see the dead Kennedys. Yeah. Maybe wrangle yourself a three-way with John and Sasha if that's your thing. Oh, I mean, that's 100, 100% doable. Right? Oh, yeah. No, totally. Oh, John's down. Yeah. And I'm pretty I'm sure down. Sasha's down. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Come on. The You've only seen thing... John. You've seen yeah. John without a shirt on? Come on. Yeah. He's not saying, down. The only thing that's stopping <laughs> that is Elliot's insecurities because yeah. you can just tell it's not, it's not a good situation down there. He says he's cool, but he's not. He's not. No. No, no way. <laughs> he drinks he drinks like a Smirnoff ice. That's probably when he's like, I'm cool, I'm down. Now let me, you know, down this Smirnoff ice, bro. I got some Zimas, bros. <laughs> Zima. <laughs> Who wants to party? Everyone knows the party My starts little niece. Zima. <laughs> My niece is here. Let's do this. <laughs> Who's like the dork that invites... Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. His, his seven-year-old niece and his 40-year-old brother and his sister-in-law to a college house a house party that would spread across campus so fast yeah. this, that kid would not he would not have any friends for the rest of the year he, like, he wouldn't be welcome anywhere yeah they'd be like oh, are you going to elliot's party next weekend i was like no he's go to the last one he, <laughs> he invited his 40-year-old brother to it hello and there was a, <laughs> there was this little girl running around 
Not but everyone's <laughs> everyone's so cool with the girl running around. Yep. Oh yeah. Like and like they weren't they would don't do what like people try to do with dogs at house parties or like try to get it high. They're like, You wanna smoke this cigarette? <laughs> yeah, they blow smoke into the, the animal's the, face. Yeah, they blow smoke into the little girl's face. That's where that's where this lost reality. Right. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, college students are, you know, the scum of the earth, really, at that point, where they will just, they have no conscience. So they, they will 100% try to get that child high. Yeah, or at least drunk. Want to sip my beer? <laughs> oh, she totally drank it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Give her another. <laughs> One more time. One more time. And kids, underage drinking is wrong. Yes. Yes. One hundred percent. But for instances of this movie it would have made it better. So we would allow it. <laughs> it would so have been we'll... great because real quick and then we'll move on. Yeah. I know we spend a ton of time on this scene. <laughs> At the very beginning when the, the brother and uh, his family show up, they give him the housewarming gift of the, the liquor. And he, and he yeah. jokingly says to the niece, are you going to help me drink? It would have been so cool. Like, hell yeah, bro. Let's do this. <laughs> like, oh, uh, we need to talk, I think. <laughs> what have you yeah. been doing? <laughs> I think you guys should just go home. Party's canceled. Uh, so she makes it up to Elliot's bedroom and finds a coin. And she almost goes to leave with it. So she walks all the way across the room. Then she stops. And we have to see her walk all the way back across the room to put it back on Elliot's nightstand. This whole scene takes about two minutes, which could have been used for some maybe some lore building. But no, it doesn't. And later, Virgil leaves with his family and Sasha shows her friend Kim around the house, which I guess Kim wasn't invited to the party because she shows up just about as as it's ending. Which is real dickish of <laughs> Sasha. Right. Like, oh, yeah, we're, we're having it uh, at oh, Tony's yeah. house. I forgot you were coming with the sage. <laughs> well, I went to Tony's house, and he's not home. And you see Tony in the background. Yo, what's up, everybody? Woo! <laughs> uh, our movie is so much better. It is. It really is. <laughs> we should be reviewing our movie. <laughs> um, so Sasha then says that Kim is going to do a spiritual cleaning of the house once everyone leaves. And then John says that they're going to play baseball outside in the middle of the night, which is super not safe. And then John heads up to get changed into heavier clothes and finds a coin. Alice, the, the coin that Alice mentioned, he opens the drawer of the nightstand and he sees a whole bunch of writing. Mostly don't think it, don't say it, but it's all covering up the bye-bye man. Yeah, and just to be clarified, this is Elliot, not John. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. Elliot's doing all of those things. Uh, for some reason, my notes just kept saying John. Interesting fact for those who follow our podcast. This is the second movie that has a weird, unexplained baseball game in it. Yes. Yes. And, and we, they play baseball, quote unquote, and they're so close together playing this game that they're not even a, adhering to social distancing, let alone <laughs> proper baseball distance. Right. If, if they were playing with an actual baseball, someone's head's getting taken off. Yeah. I like. Are they playing with like rolled up socks or something? I, it looked like a Nerf ball. Well, yeah, I thought yeah. it was a Nerf football. Yeah, Nerf yeah. football. I think that's exactly what it was. But yeah, they're, they're like standing maybe four or five feet away from uh, Sasha when she's hitting. Yeah. yeah. Like, luckily, someone didn't lose her teeth. That would have I would love to like move in. She can't hit. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. At least you're not playing in a thunderstorm. Right. <laughs> and they don't sparkle. So uh, the, that has the uh, this movie has that going for it. Yeah. We just needed some the camp move sleepaway camp. Just needed some third baseman just talking shit to Sasha. But now that was a good baseball scene. Yeah, that was a great one. <laughs> Eat shit and live. <laughs> right. well, why don't you just go fuck John, Sasha? 
Right. I mean, yeah, some smack talk. <laughs> Guys, we're, you know, we're we're playing baseball with a uh, with a uh, Nerf ball here. Let's uh, and, tone it down a bit. And let's not forget Nightmare on Elm Street 2 we covered, where the guys pants each other in the middle of the ball field. That's yep. right. Another. Uh, was that a good one? I don't remember really. That was it's not interesting. A good one. Yeah. It was. They were not. Neither of them were wearing underwear, which made no sense. What <laughs> we're saying. What we're trying to say here is welcome back, baby. <laughs> <laughs> And we'll not get into Sandlot heading home, whatever that movie was. Uh, yes. Uh, so once everyone leaves, Kim starts burning sage in the house and mentions that she felt a presence in the house. They do seance. Elliot scoffs at the idea, but then Kim starts getting things right about their past. Uh, mostly his parents died in an accident, and Sasha's grandma bakes rolls. So Elliot, to prove his dickish point, hides his keys in a pot in the stove to test her. And he says, what did I hide and where did I hide it? And she gets it right. But she starts having to starts having second thoughts regarding the seance, starting to feel yeah. an evil presence, basically. Yeah, that that's the best scene of her moment uh, that any of the young actors have is when she's like, oh, no, I'm not doing this anymore. And he's like, ah, oh, you're bullshit. You're fake, whatever. And then she just dead stares him in the eye and goes, you put the keys in the pot on the stove. And I was boom, like, boom, bitch. Boom. <laughs> Although to be honest, he one hundred they could have one hundred percent heard him doing that because yeah. he doesn't do it very quietly. <laughs> yeah. Just stomp it around. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know you were in the kitchen, so and I heard something clatter. <laughs> it's just he's got like real shaky hands, just like clattering the pot. How did she know? <laughs> uh, I'm trying to see if uh, if Kim is in anything of any interest. I, I just I wish. You know, like Kim could look better with short hair from her IMDb. And and not a uh, uh, what's the uh, punky Brewster hat? Um, or not a willow blossom. Blossom. That's what I meant. Blossom and not a blossom hat. Yeah. (laughs) Mark, come on. You you should know. Oh, I know punky Brewster. Okay, don't give me that. I'm just saying pulling punky Brewster is like. Well, you should love that. I just pulled something super obscure out. I wasn't expecting it from you on this podcast. (laughs) Well, you should have because it was wrong. And I'm usually, the things I bring up are way off. It was Um, like when Ant mentioned Job on a podcast. (laughs) We we have to write the the writer of this pod, of this movie now. Did you mean for this to be uh, Willow or uh, Blossom? Is that what you meant for uh, Kim to look like? How did they know? (laughs) Um, I, I wish Kim had been a little bit more prevalent in this movie, uh, because yeah. she did, she did seem like she could have been interesting. It's always good to have a non, like a, a psychic around that's like not explained how she got her psychic powers. Yeah. It's, it's the, uh, Stephen King special as sure. uh, some people call it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I th- but she's only in it for maybe what, two, three scenes. Yeah. So it would have been cool to have her play a little bit more of a part. Like maybe she could have figured out who the bye bye man is because she's friggin' psychic. Right. Yeah. No. I, th- I I agree. She could have been a little more of an interesting kind of addition to it. I mean, she kills somebody and we a we never see that person ever and right. it happens off screen. Yeah, that would have been cool. To, at least with the the one character, you see the you know the feet of their family that they killed. <laughs> You could have done that first, at least, you know? Yeah. Yeah, we don't even see that person. That person might not exist at all. <laughs> right. You just, you see the blood on her hand. Yeah. And then, like, oh, okay. I thought maybe she, like, she cut herself. She was one of the, you know, maybe she was trying to kill herself. Right. But, um, no, it's not, it wasn't explained until a little bit later. Yeah. So then Kim starts hearing someone or something saying, don't say it, don't think it, 
don't say it, don't think it. And she starts chanting it over and over again until she puts her head down. And then John asks her what they shouldn't say or think. And then Elliot chimes in and says, the bye-bye man. And, you know, not adhering to the exact words, don't say it, don't think it. And the lights go out. And when the lights go back on, Kim is in the field position on the floor. And then I guess she leaves. Oh, no, she doesn't leave, actually. Uh, At night, Elliot thinks he hears something. So he turns on the light in the bedroom, wakes up Sasha, who coughs, and then says, I love you, John, and then goes back to sleep. And he's like, you're fucking you're fucking joking with me, right? <laughs> yeah, I, would, I wouldn't let her go back to sleep until I got an explanation. Wake up, bitch. What would you say? <laughs> Just starts shaking her violently. Get up, goddammit. I am so not jealous. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go call John right now, but not out of jealousy. I just want to see if he's okay. Totally cool. And I'm totally into this polyamorous, you know, open relationship that you sort of forced me into. But I'm totally cool. (laughs) Totally into it. And I totally get that you don't want me having sex with other girls. (laughs) But you just want to have sex with other guys. I'm totally cool with it. (laughs) Just want to say I'm not jealous. Totally not jealous. And I'm sure, you know... John and I are on the same plane and when it comes to sexual performance and size <laughs> and, you know, virility, I'm sure you told me there's nothing to worry about and I'm totally cool. And I've, I've 100% seen it before, so it won't be a surprise for me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that almost went over my head, Mark. But I, I got it. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, I, I wish, I, like, I get the point is they're trying to, like, plant the seed like, oh, you know, did she really mean that? Or is it is it now the bye-bye man? Ooh, what could it be? But yeah, I, I don't think... I, uh, for one, I don't understand the cough, because that's never really explained. <laughs> yeah. Right? And her getting sick. She's the only person in this movie that gets sick. Right. And it's never explained that, like, oh, maybe when she was growing up as a child, she was very sickly. Right. Or something like that. That's what I was expecting. Like, oh, maybe she had a rough childhood or something. Like she had polio. Because yeah, it seems like he takes on like polio. <laughs> She's an anti-vaxxer. Um, they, uh, it, it, it seems like what they're trying to suggest is that the, the bye-bye man takes on the worst qualities in a person, I guess. The coughing still doesn't make sense. But like right. John's like angry all the time and Elliot's paranoid, you know. So like you said, it, like they had no explanation for why hers is sickly right she has a weak immune system yes (laughs) that's all the bye-bye she's very vain and the sickliness makes her look not pretty or something i don't know it would be great if we knew anything about her really or her you know her life bye-bye man either one would help (laughs) right this is where uh, mark you you will mention a lot of times like thinking part of a sentence in your head and thinking everybody else heard it that's sort of what this movie does exactly (laughs) (laughs) good point it's just like, oh well, you guys should have, you should have heard, you should have gotten that, guys. Come on. Why didn't you oh, infer? You know he's a, he's an yeah. ancient 17th century Native American spirit. Right. <laughs> you guys obviously know that. Yeah. Who wears a zip up hoodie? <laughs> yeah, it's it's so dumb. He goes after the weirdest traits in a person or the weirdest weaknesses. Yeah. What if the bye bye man just hates monogamy and he's just trying to break up relationships? <laughs> Monogamous relationships are for fools. Is, are you saying the bye bye man is an incel? <laughs> no, he's just he just doesn't want people. He just thinks that monogamy is unnatural, <laughs> unnatural to the human condition. Right. We're mammals. We're not supposed to be monogamous. <laughs> That's why he means bye 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 to relationships. Bye bye love because they play bye bye love here. Yeah. 
That's it. what it is. It's so that's cre- what it is. That's I hate what Bye Bye Man does. He shows yeah. up and he ruins your relationship. Yeah. Let <laughs> you know one thing. Before the incident happened with my beard, my original bit was going to be about the Paul Reiser movie Bye Bye Love, and telling you you guys told me it was the wrong movie. <laughs> oh, Should have went with that bit. <laughs> Uh, we could. We, you want to do it now? We'll just cut yeah. it in later. We'll just cut it in later. No. Hey everyone, I'm Dan. <laughs> so uh, Paul Reiser. <laughs> Paul Reiser film. Guys, did you know they made Mad About You episodes in 2019? Go on. <laughs> <laughs> they did, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, they, they did. That's IMDb. Yeah. yeah, they brought that back. <laughs> Man, talk about something that no one talked about. <laughs> Just Not even Paul Reiser. That, yeah, Helen Hunt doesn't even put that on her IMDb. <laughs> Take it off, please. Yeah. <laughs> Man, um, you never heard of it. So he goes downstairs because he continues to hear something, and he goes to uh, he goes to John's room and he could hear Kim and John having something close to sex. I guess. I guess they are having sex. His problem wasn't performance; it was finishing. Yeah. We'll find out later. Um, and then he hears some scraping coming from the other room. So he goes to investigate and Sasha comes downstairs and she doesn't hear anything. And the next morning, John drives Kim home. Um, this is when we find out he wasn't able to quote unquote finish last night. So she offers for him to come in and they can try again. Instead, John imagines grubs in her hair and she, he gets freaked out. So he tells her to get out of his car and he has to go home. So he goes home. So that, all right, so I, I think I missed this. It, John has trouble finishing. Yeah. yeah, she says that I've never had a guy, in in some sense of the word, she says, I've never had a guy have a problem finishing. And this is Kim, correct? Not Kim. Yes. Kim. Yeah. Not, okay. So, I mean, okay. I mean, that's that's a weird thing to, to put in the movie, don't you think? Because it's yeah. never really brought up again. Right. Again, you know, Bobby Man is trying to make sure that people aren't having healthy monogamous relationships. So he's just like, sexual, uh, sexual dysfunctions, check. Right. Uh, <laughs> jealousy check yeah oh you know i that was what i wanted to say earlier like this movie wants to be the shining and it wants to be it follows yeah. right because it follows is obviously an allegory to stds so it kind of feels like this movie wanted to be something along those lines at, mm-hmm. at times so maybe this was at one point but yeah that's that's weird because you never really see and he doesn't bring it up again does he i don't remember him nope <laughs> Right. Well, he he has his little mini freak out when he gets home, but it really doesn't really have anything to do with the fact that he didn't come. Right. Yeah, listen, man. He should have walked in the house and Elliot goes, John, what's wrong? I can finish! And then just walk in his bed. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I mean, there, there's worse problems to have right. in the bedroom. Listen, right? I feel like that's, I mean, I, I couldn't really tell you, but I feel like that's not that big of a deal. Right? Right? Yeah, I mean, like, if anything, that I feel like that would make you look better, right? Like, damn, this this dude's a stallion. Like, he right. can go all like, night. Exactly. You know, he he actually backs it up when he says it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and he could like, and he could just played it off. It like, ah, it's fine. I'm drunk. Doesn't matter. Or you could just pretend, right? Like, oh, oh all right. Uh, yeah. Uh. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I'm assuming they were wearing protection. That's the best part of it. You could just like, like, oh, yep, done. Throw it away. <laughs> uh, I gotta go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, that's just the natural next step, Mark. You, right. you, uh, uh, and then, uh, all right, I'm going to clean up. And then, yeah. you know. Yeah, but you, do, but you do it real fast so that she doesn't have a chance to turn around. 
In my experience, no one's ever asked me to see it. <laughs> like, wait, 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 hold on. You bring that back, mister. <laughs> Let's I got to see. Did check. I actually have you finish? Yeah. I need proof. Insight check. <laughs> Insight check. Natural one. You son of a bitch. I'm not good enough for you. Uh, but you got to make sure that you throw it out in the other bathroom because she's going to have to go to the bathroom so she doesn't, you know, get a, a, a UTI. Remember right. yeah. from our Friday the 13th podcast. That's right. Yeah. Well, yeah. this is why I yeah, always throat. carry a, a, a thing of Elmer's glue just in case I can't finish. <laughs> so I just, I go into the bathroom, I, you know, I fill it up a little bit. Like, oh my God, that's more than, that's more than normal, Dan. I, you know, I was excited. I, what, what do you want me to say? Yeah, they should have been a while. He should have right. snuck it into Elliot and Sasha's bathroom, right. and then Elliot finds it in the morning. Yeah, the Bye Bye Man did that. The Bye Bye Man does. Bye Bye Man does it again. Right. You just you see him like he's in a car and he winks at the camera and drives off. Classic. He's, he's in the classic train. Classic future, man. <laughs> Classic condom shenanigans. <laughs> bye bye, man. <laughs> Wave harder, boy. Uh, yeah, and also I I don't think I mentioned Sasha's developing a cough at this point, which as we mentioned, it's never explained. Right. Like she doesn't get she just gets kind of sick. Right. She gets better later on in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Does ever explain why she's getting sick? No one ever is like decides. Hey, maybe you should go to the hospital. And then he goes to the hospital. Is like, oh my god, her her fever is 115. How is that even possible? Usually you're dead. Right yeah. It's like I we're not finding a pulse on this girl. You know, those are sort of things that like you know create an arc. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like a good horror movie would do. Yeah. Yeah. So John goes home, and when he gets back elliot is outside he sees enormous scrapes against some bricks and he says that they weren't there before classic classic mm. bye-bye man yeah so then john goes inside and storms at sasha and stares at her and says sees that she doesn't have bugs crawling over her and says weird stuff and says he's she's perfect and he goes into the bathroom and calls kim a pig um, <laughs> and that he needs to take a shower to wash her off of him he gets real dickish right here yeah. um I'd say so. Yeah, that's a fair assessment. And then Sasha's cold is getting worse, and then hallucinates John standing in front of her naked, and then he disappears because he wasn't there to begin with. And then we get a scene where Virgil and Elliot talk on the phone, where Elliot starts getting suspicious of Sasha and John. Then he hears scraping again and goes to investigate. So then he goes outside and sees nothing, so he goes back inside. Then he goes to the basement, thinking it's coming from there. He finds another coin on the floor of the basement then sees someone move in the basement and then runs back upstairs. And then Sasha and John are like, what the fuck is going on? And he starts growing paranoid that Sasha and John are fooling around on him. And Sasha's like, we were just studying. We just didn't hear you screaming for us. So the bye-bye man is just his tricks. Yep. So Sasha shows uh, Elliot drawings that she made but doesn't remember making. And it's all about the bye-bye man. So she says... And he's like, oh, well, it's not real. Bye Bye Man's not real. And she's like, well, if it's not real, then we're all, all three of us are losing our, our minds at the same time. So it's got to be something. So at night, once again, Elliot wakes up in the middle of the night. There are like four or five scenes where he just wakes up in the middle of the night and sees some glowing eyes from the closet. And then he thinks he sees some cloaked figure coming towards him, but Sasha doesn't see it. So then on campus the next day, Sasha says that she's going to talk to the landlord while Elliot plans to go to the library to research the Bye Bye Man. So... He then he can't find anything through a search on the Bye Bye Man. The only thing he could find is a dead file 
a story that was killed before it was printed in the newspaper. So he goes to the librarian and she lets him into the records. Then Sasha goes to the landlord and tells him that he has an awful house. This is actually the landlord is actually played by the screenwriter of the film. Uh, the guy from Survivor. I, I love his uh, his answer to her. Like, yeah, well, sorry, he signed the lease. And that's yeah. that's really what would happen in real life. <laughs> Classic <laughs> landlord move. Yeah. Your house sucks. Yes, well, or, yes or no, Mark. Yes. <laughs> how many contract. times have you had to, How many times have you had to tell people that all the haunted houses in Philadelphia? All the time. That's all Mark. I rent. <laughs> Mark, your house sucks. Well, well you signed the, the contract, man. Yeah, only ten and a half months. <laughs> Just yeah. don't say it, don't think it, you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I was like, oh well, there's a nightstand. We saw some writing. I was like, oh well, you signed the lease. And by the way, don't say it, don't think it. Bye. <laughs> you Get out of that, my store. You didn't, you didn't see that clause in the lease? Yeah. <laughs> Got to read the fine, fine print. print here. Don't say it, don't think it. What did you think that meant? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's on you. That's that's uh, but. <laughs> That's the uh, buyer's regret, I guess. Yeah, you, you, you signed and agreed that you wouldn't say it or think it. So, right. sorry. Technically, you're in breach of contract. Yeah, you've been saying it. Yeah. So she said, she mentions to him that they found writing in a nightstand, and he gets a concerned look on his face. So John goes to class and immediately takes out his phone and starts scrolling through his pr- pictures unprompted and finds old pictures of the bye-bye man on a train car. And then his then he gets freaked out about it because he's like, Nice 1080p video of Bye Bye Man on a train car coming towards them. I wanted him to punch out the professor so badly. Yeah. The, the professor, it's like one of those classic jump scares where, you know, he's so enamored with what he's looking at. And then someone startles him. He's like, oh, what? And then it's just he's in class and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So the, the professor slams on the desk. I wanted him to just get up and punch the professor in the face. <laughs> yeah. And, and even the professor's lesson sounds like a high conversation. Yeah, it's, it's about what, getting what if rid I of just, atoms. What if I just touch the wall and take a few atoms off? Is the wall still there, man? Is it a is it a bad wall? Is it a <laughs> naughty wall? Uh, professor, you, this is the third class in a row. We've been talking about the wall. What are we doing? Uh, Big is amazing. <laughs> so the library, Elliot and the librarians find some articles regarding Redman and the bye-bye man. Redman was researching a kid that murdered a few people, and while researching it, he started writing, don't think it, don't say it. We cut to a flashback of Larry Redman killing his neighbors, and the bye-bye man shows up. Redman tries to kill himself, but runs out of uh, shotgun shells, so he drinks bleach. We see the bye-bye man with some sort of demon dog. That's the that's the flashback. Then, uh, while researching some more, Elliot starts to see the bye-bye man pop up in the library, so to kind of combat that, he starts scribbling out the bye-bye man on the original Redman documents, and the librarian gets pissed about him about, about him doing so, because those are literally the originals and the only copies of that. And then he finds that he lost a, an hour of his day. He thought it was like about 10 seconds, and it wound up being a whole hour. So he goes and rushes off to meet Sasha. When he's there, he can't find her, but then he sees... What he believes he sees, John and Sasha canoodling and then driving away in John's car. Yeah. Uh, so this is uh, so Elliot then goes to Kim's house and tells her that he wants to do another seance. And Kim agrees and they start going back to his house. And then Kim is talking about how the Bye Bye Man situation is like a cancer. And it seems like whoever you tell, the cancer grows and then you need to cut it out. And Elliot notices that she appears to have a bloody hammer in her handbag. Kim says that she told her roommate so she had to stop the cancer. And Elliot mentions that he told the librarian, so Kim says that they have to get to her, too. While they're driving over train tracks, Kim then sees a car accident on the side of the road, and she tells Elliot to stop the car. 
And Kim gets out of the car and tries to help people in the car accident, but she's hallucinating it, and she steps in front of an oncoming train. While Elliot <laughs> stupidly runs behind her with a hammer in his hand. Just waving it around. <laughs> Stop! <laughs> yeah, but, uh, you didn't think that went through, I guess. <laughs> Cops show up, and Carrie Ann Moss is the detective, and she says the train oper- operator says he saw Elliot chase Kim into the train with a bloody hammer. And then Sasha and John show up, and he tries to explain that it was the bye-bye man without saying his name. Elliot and John get into a fight over it. Sasha sees Carrie Ann Moss without eyes, so she throws up. Then Elliot thinks he sees the bye-bye man, but it winds up just being a canine unit. Then John takes Sasha home, while Carrie Ann Moss takes Elliot into questioning. At the station, it turns out Kim wrote a suicide note that says she is responsible for her roommate's death and the deaths of Elliot, John, and Sasha. So then Elliot and Carrie Ann Moss have a conversation about the truth and what the, when the right time to say the truth is. And then... He gets it's actually, yeah, it's actually a, a good line. Like if you just read on paper, sure. you know, the line just talking about, yeah, he's 100 percent right with what he was saying. But it's just delivered poorly. Mm-hmm. And it's completely out of place in this movie. Yeah. 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 <laughs> this movie and, is not about telling the truth. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> no, it's not. That writer had that line in his head and was like, yeah. if this is the only movie I'm writing, I'm putting this in here. <laughs> and, and what cop would answer that really? Right. They're they're trying to get information out of this kid. <laughs> yeah. Right? They're, they're not going to be like, oh, no, I completely agree with you. Might be murderer. No, I tell my kids everything. I traumatize them. So what were you trying to hide? <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, oh, I always tell the truth. So tell me your truth. It's like, you know, we got the we have the bye bye man in the other room. And he said it was all you. <laughs> <laughs> he did. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So are you going to sign this confession? Right. In fact, he said you told him to do it, and he said no. You know, if you sign this confession, we promise that you're not going to j- go to jail for the rest of your life. <laughs> Just sign it, and you go home. Yeah, you'll yeah. be fine. <laughs> it's funny that she literally used that line. Yeah, if you talk to me, you you know, I can maybe help you, but if you don't talk to me, then I don't know what's going to happen. They, yeah. they should have had the bye-bye man be the good cop there. <laughs> bye-bye man shows up as the, his lawyer. Right. <laughs> don't say another word. <laughs> don't say it. Don't think it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. If I become a lawyer in, like, another life, that's going to be my – that's going to be on my business card. Don't say it. Don't think it. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good and, That's and a good slogan. It'll be the – it'll be worth it the one time you run into somebody that has seen this movie. <laughs> right. yeah. Is that from the bye-bye man? Like, I want another lawyer. <laughs> right. I'd rather defend myself, honestly. He's like, you know what? Fuck it. I did it. <laughs> <laughs> if this is the best I could do, I mean, I'm in trouble anyway. Remember I said payment up front. <laughs> <laughs> no money down. <laughs> no money down. <laughs> Work on contingency. Yeah. Yeah, Bye-bye, man. Works on contingency. There was specifically a comma there. No, comma, money down. I don't think Mark realizes that that's exactly what happens in The Simpsons. Oh, yeah, I don't. Well, your card says you work on contingency with no money down. Oh, does it? (laughs) Didn't see that, Simpsons. Oh, that's a good one. So you don't work on contingency? No. No. Money down. Money down. (laughs) Should remove this bar association. Uh, so Virgil picks up Elliot, and Elliot just leaves him there at the police station, saying the only way he can help him at this point is to just leave him alone. So Elliot goes home, and he hears sex sounds coming from John's room. So he barges in, and he hallucinates Sasha just getting railed by John. It's not even that good, really. 
And, 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 it seems so like uninterested sex. It's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and by it's, the way, why doesn't I guess he's going a little crazy, but why doesn't it's not weird to him that when he busts in the room, they just keep going looking at him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they I mean, just, they seem like they're zombies too while they're yeah. like just like yep we're just going through the motions here <laughs> like like you don't think the, like the bye bye man could just imagine hallucinate make him hallucinate something a little more like Kinky. passionate yeah but he's <laughs> like got her really in it into right it. or like he she's chained to the bed or something like that like, oh my goodness John well, at, at the very least looks like she enjoys it. <laughs> <laughs> It should have been her just like coughing the entire time throughout the sex. Bobby man is just like women don't like sex. <laughs> oh, John, yeah. Cough, cough. Yeah, you're 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 <laughs> you're so much bigger than Elliot. <laughs> <laughs> right, and if we knew anything about the Bye Bye Man, maybe his one sexual experience was just terrible, and that's how he thinks sex is. Yeah. It was like, oh, women hate sex. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> There's one thing I know as the Bye Bye Man. And they're not interested in cunnilingus. <laughs> <laughs> Rough and normal, man. That's how that's how it should be. <laughs> That'd be great if the if half this movie was just about like how how the bye bye man perceives sex. Right. <laughs> Flashbacks of him in uh, <laughs> uh, sex ed. <laughs> just being terrible at it. Right. That's why he it's, became like an urban legend. It's like the forty year old virgin when he every time he tries to to get laid. <laughs> And just something bad happens, and it's yeah. the bye bye man. It, the bye bye man is Steve Carell from Forty Year Old Virgin, <laughs> just getting kicked in the face by accident. So he barges in on this sex scene, and so Elliot smacks John in the head with a baseball bat and knocks him out. Turns out they weren't fucking. Sasha is just basically sick on his bed, and he was comforting her, but he was doing it without no sh- without a shirt on. So I don't know what John's what John's playing. He do, he's much he's a better listener when he doesn't wear a shirt. I think. <laughs> gonna pop the shirt I off. Think, and... <laughs> his I shirt. I rewatch it, but I think I I thought he like Elliot goes slowly through the motions of seeing them, and I think he just had a shirt on by the end. But I could be wrong. I I think the problem was his shirt was chafing him. Shirt <laughs> yeah. sure chafing me. <laughs> that was a much more natural one. <laughs> so Mrs. Watkins then calls the librarian. And she tells Elliot that she's having some really weird thoughts about the Bye Bye Man, and maybe they should meet up. And then he's like, "No, I think you're fine." He sees a, a note, and he kind of gets a note from uh, Mr. Daisy about the whereabouts of the Redmond Widow that Sasha got. So he tells her that, "Oh, well, totally. I think I have a lead. We'll totally meet up later." And she's like, "All right." And then you see that she has stabbed to death members of her family we assume i i will say that's actually a good reveal for me it's just terrible yeah maybe my expectations by hour whatever it was 30 minutes left in the movie i was like oh oh that's actually pretty good that's not boring that's that's a good that's a good decision sure it's a weird phone call though it's like the phone call is terrible i'm just Just, having some weird visions about this bye bye man yeah (laughs) maybe we should get together and talk this out it's like, holy yeah. shit, I just killed people because the bye-bye man made me do it. <laughs> yeah. So he locks John up somewhere and throws the nightstand into the woods, then goes to see the widow. That was okay. so dumb. Why didn't he just smash it? Or burn it. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> he he just, he does what, uh, what was it, in that movie, uh, Pineapple Express, when he throws the phone instead of smashing it. Do you yeah. remember that? 
Yeah. <laughs> or just smash the the damn table, man. It's old as shit anyway. It's probably nope. hanging by a thread. No, he just pulls a a job from Arrested Development. Return from whence you came. Which is like the woods. <laughs> right into the woods. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a, just a bad move on his part. <laughs> so uh, Elliot drives to Mrs. Redmond's house, singing "Bye Bye Love" the whole time. Goes get it, and he then I, arrives. Okay. I don't get it. We say it again. Uh, he sings "Bye Bye Love" on the oh, way yeah. to I Ms. Red, Mrs. Redmond's house. I thought he was saying. I thought you said he, he was singing "Bye Bye Redmond." Like, wait, nope. wait a minute. Bye Bye <laughs> I Love. That song. Uh, I don't know what the connection between "Bye Bye Love" and "Bye Bye Man" is, besides that they just have the words "Bye Bye" in them. I was but, just saying. I think it's the first two words. Yeah. <laughs> Here it is. That's that's the connection. That's it. So he arrives and Mrs. Redmond, played by Faye Dunaway, tells him to leave, but then he tells her that he wants to talk about Larry. And a story that he was writing. So she tells him what she knew about Larry's run-in with the Bye Bye Man. Tells him about the kid that killed his family. And that the kid said that he was having nightmares that told him to kill. We get to see a flashback that we see Mrs. Redman come home to 19, in 1969 to Larry spiraling. Writing, don't think it, don't say it, all over their house. And then Mrs. Redman said that her husband was a hero for ending it. And that he never told her the name. And that's the reason why she survived to this day. So Mrs. Redman then gives Elliot some advice. She tells him the only way to stop it is to kill everyone you told it to and then to kill yourself. So Elliot says that if you don't fear him, you don't give him his power, maybe. It, this is complete conjecture. It's <laughs> He has no idea if this is true or not. But it is, basically how, you, it is basically how you beat Freddy Krueger. And yeah. we, we that's true. We never confirm or deny if that, like, because it... He never gets to test that theory ever. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, it's yeah, it is all conjecture, right? Yeah. It's like yeah, if you don't if you don't say it, if you just like if you don't think it that like that, you're fine. But he does it's never he proven. Gets, he proves it once on his way back. He sees John in the middle of the road and he assumes it's a hallucination, so he drives right through it. As the one time he is able to test it, but then he immediately hits the librarian right afterwards, who was yeah, not because, because he looks back. Right. And, right. I think well, he I would mean, have she, done it anyway. I mean, she is in the middle of the road. Yeah, that's that's the thing. It would have been more powerful if he was just like, "That's an illusion." Boom, and it really was John. And, it, and no, it wasn't John. So it was like, it was "Ooh, Spider-Man. yeah, see, I got you now. Bye, bye, man." And then he sees Mrs. Watkins in the middle of the road. It's like, "Oh, another illusion." And then boom. Right. He drives through, and it's real, and it's really her. That'd have been more powerful than it's like, oh well, I would have, regardless, if it was was an illusion, I wouldn't have seen it anyway. Right. Well played, bye bye man. Well played. <laughs> so he drives back and calls Sasha. No answer, so he leaves a message on her cell saying not to be afraid. And then, as we mentioned, driving back, he sees John standing in the middle of the street, so he speeds up, assuming it's an illusion. John disappears as he drives through him. And then he turns around to look back and doesn't see John. But then when he turns back, he sees the librarian, but it's too late. He hits and he hits her, uh, causing an accident. So he gets out because uh, the car is totaled and she looks like she was trying to kill him because she had a knife in her hand. She definitely was trying to kill him. Yeah. So back at home, Sasha and John both wake up and they meet up with each other in John's room. Sasha thinks he's Elliot, but John sees her as a dead Kim. So John freaks out and tries to get away from Sasha while she's trying to tell who she thinks is Elliot to stop. She's like, you're scaring me. Please stop. Why don't you talk to me? And he's just like, get the fuck away from me, you crazy bitch. <laughs> that didn't make any sense to me. Why have both of them hallucinate? Why not just the one? Right? You get the I, same You get the same reaction, right? Because mm-hmm. John sees dead Kim, 
and he starts freaking out. And don't you think Sasha would be like, "What's the matter? You're you're freaking me out here." Yeah, uh, I sure. I think a lot of a lot of the tension comes comes from his hallucination, not necessarily hers. Right. Yeah, because she just sees Elliot and he's not doing anything. Yeah. So he comes. Elliot comes home. Elliot makes it home and he's here screaming. He walks into his room to see what he thinks is John trying to stab Sasha with a pair of scissors. He tackles John and John tries to stab Elliot. So Elliot shoots John, but it turns out it's actually Sasha. And the demon dog comes into the closet. It comes out of the closet and the Bible man shows up and does some pointing. I'm very proud of that demon dog. Yeah. <laughs> he just walks out of the room. <laughs> he comes out of the closet and then he walks out of the room. Um, points menacingly. Yeah, so the Bye Bye Man points menacingly at him to do something, maybe? <laughs> and the Bye Bye Man gets a vision of Elliot's brother's family succumbing to him. Yeah. And then Virgil, Virgil and his daughter immediately show up at the door at that exact moment. Yeah, so. that's it's like he warns him that, yeah, I'm going to get your your extended family. And I, I'm going to get your, your immediate family. Why do that? It's counterproductive. Right. Just yeah. let it play out, dude. <laughs> just Bobby Man showboating. Right. It's hot yeah. dog in it and the uh, hot, on the he's Cadillac in it. <laughs> <laughs> he's high stepping it at the twenty, man. They're gonna catch him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Elliot tells Virgil and his daughter to go away, and while he's doing that, the Bye Bye Man tries to magically open the door to get them inside, but Elliot manages to close the door back. Then the bye-bye man throws Sasha off the balcony, and then he comes down the steps. So then Elliot shoots himself in the head. Virgil looks for a way into the house and then realizes he lost Alice. So then he goes looking for her, and he finds her back in the truck. And then the house is on fire? I wasn't sure about this. Did John set the fire? It's never explained. Yeah. Not from the room he's in, so I'm assuming yes. Right? Yeah, but uh, how did he do it? Well, the I'm assuming that he kind of makes the connection... Yeah, in terms of how did he start the fire, I have no idea. But I'm assuming that he starts to make the connection at that point that the only way out of all this is <clears throat> is that he's gonna have to kill them all, mm-hmm. right? Right. Yeah, yeah he's but gonna even though, himself too. If the sequel cliffhanger is any indication, then he he back he backpedals on that though, right? Yeah. Yes. So Virgil and his daughter drive home, and the daughter says she found the coins in the nightstand Elliot must have left for her next to the trash cans. And she says there was some writing in the table. And then Virgil's like, well, what did the writing say? And she said, she can't read in the dark. What is she, a flashlight? <laughs> so terrible. My my uncle just died. I'm going to crack wise. Yeah. Um, it's a bad line delivery. <clears throat> Then the cops are at the scene, and John winds up still being alive, and Carrie Ann Moss tries to get info from him, and he starts to whisper something to her, and then she stares right into the camera, and cut to black. And that's the end of the bye-bye, man. I don't know if there's an end credit scene, but... I didn't stick around. I didn't stick around either. And that's the end. It sucked. Yep. Yeah, if there was a an end scene, I don't think anyone knows. Nope. <laughs> the production crew doesn't even know lost to the sands of time yep yeah. and that's the way it should remain <laughs> yeah this yeah. was uh poorly planned poorly acted and just overall poor this is one of the first movies this this was one of the movies in a while where it was just like boring and not yeah. fun mm-hmm. absolutely but I think our movie would be so much better. Yeah, the Choo Choo Man. <laughs> the Choo Choo Man is just as stupid a name. Yeah, just as stupid a name, but way more interesting, right? Right? I yeah. mean, 
how cool is it that we came up with a character who <laughs> who thinks sex is super boring <laughs> and kills people by train and kills people by train yeah he lures yeah. them into the train track there's so many and, possibilities on how to get people and into the train track little does he know he runs train on everyone so <laughs> that's right that's a, that's an added bonus <laughs> Yeah. Uh yeah, I'm assuming what we would do to make this better is the movie that we created. Yeah, the Choo Choo yeah. Man. Yeah, the Choo Choo Man. Choo Choo Man's the way to go. Yeah. Uh, and guys, I'm proud to announce our Patreon where um if we get to a certain level we will make the Choo Choo Man. <laughs> that should be one of our extra life uh goals. <laughs> if we if we raise a certain amount of money, we will make the Choo Choo Man. <laughs> so yeah, I mean that's that's the way to do it. Choo Choo Man. Yeah. Killed yeah, people by trains. Uh, yeah, I, I'm glad that this. I mean, technically, they could make a sequel. They could justify making a sequel out of this because it made more than its money back. Yeah, I mean, you give another seven and a half million dollars. Yeah. I mean, what even, could it hurt really? Even if you only do half of what this movie did, that's still technically profit. Right. Right. It's and it, even if now would be the perfect time to do it, really, if you just like stream it. Right, you put yeah. it on Netflix or Shutter. I mean, perfect timing, really. Uh, I don't want to give them a reason to to make another movie though. <laughs> so, so, so don't listen to me. But yeah, this, like I said earlier, just this is our the first movie we watched, which was really uninspiring. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that unless you guys have any any more things to say about this movie, Mark. No, no? that's. It. I think we summed it all up in this way longer than probably should have been podcast. <laughs> <laughs> probably uh okay yeah you guys want to plug your shit yeah uh at the aquino 122 on twitter uh at stranger damies on twitter and instagram that's our real play D uh social media we just surpassed 900 followers so we are a little excuse me we are just a little less than 100 followers away from 1000 so that's exciting so yeah come come join the hype train okay mark yeah. So we have our podcast, Stranger Damies, airs every Wednesday, strangerdamies.podbean.com. Just search for it for, on anywhere you get your podcasts. Easy to find. The Game Vault Pod airs every other Monday. So search for it. The Game Vault Podcast, I think it's the way to search for it on iTunes or Google Play. Be able to pick it up. We do streams as well. I think the regularly scheduled nights is like every other Monday. And then we do Wednesday, Thursday, Friday slash Saturday and possibly Sunday. So just be on the lookout for that. If you go to the Twitter page at Game Vault Pod, it'll have the list there. Okay. Yeah. We are They Call This a Movie, and you can find us at theycallthisamovie.podbean.com. We are on all social media channels at The Main Damie, which is our main website. You can find They Call This a Movie on all podcast streaming apps. Just search for They Call This a Movie, and we should pop right up. Uh, the main website is themaindamie.com. We post uh, just about everything we do there as well. So find all our great stuff there. And we are also proud member of Geek Fives Nation. You can find the gvnation.com on all social and on all podcast streaming apps. Just search Geek Vibes Nation. Bunch of great shows besides what we work on. Uh, top 10 with Tia as well as many others. So there's something for everyone. A bunch of geek stuff. They got some articles, reviews, interviews, doing a whole bunch of interviews uh, with a lot of people. It's pretty impressive. So check them out. 
geekvibesnationgvnation.com, and we are proud to be a part of their network. And that's going to wrap it up this week for They Call This a Movie. The director of The Bye Bye Man from 2017 is Stacy Title. So for Dan Aquino and Mark Myers, this is Anthony Delvecchio saying, Stacy Title, well, you certainly made a movie, didn't you? Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.